Another episode of Sunday Gold, Zaria Masudi and Brett Nevitt. This is a Florida State baseball podcast, and the Seminoles are 12-9 and here on March 22nd after a tough loss, 9-5 to to the Florida Gators. And it's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to hit the record button and get out here. We're on Apple Pods on Spotify. Appreciate those of you listening uh, and being loyal. It's been a tough year for FSU and uh, a tough stretch the Knolls losing six of their last seven. And Brett, I guess just initial thoughts where FSU is right now. There's a lot of frustration, uh, I think, in that dugout, uh, in in the coaching staff, in the fan base. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't get much easier from here. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously losing sucks. Um, and losing six of your last seven really sucks. Uh, I mean, it's frustrating. It's tough to watch. Um, it's disappointing. It's I mean, it's everything that you could imagine it is when you're in when you're in a rut like this, and and that's just it is what it is. It's a rut. Um, do I think this team is straight up bad? No. Do I think this team is going to make the postseason, or that we should even be talking about that yet? No. Um, you know, I do. I think that there's not issues with this team. No. There's certainly things that they need to get better at. Um, but I mean, when you don't have Wyatt Crowell for a whole week and for what's the last six games now, you haven't had Wyatt and you wouldn't have had him for some of those games anyway, but to get six innings down a Wyatt probably changes how a lot of your games go. Um, and combine that with not having Cam for three games, who's your really your only true third baseman on this roster that can do it over there to not have Diamas for the time you didn't have Diamas to not have Mac Holbrook for as long as you didn't have him. Um, so you're just you're trying to figure out the pieces right now. When you when you were missing a lot of them for a while, it seems like this team's starting to get back to 100% a little bit. If if Wyatt can can come back this upcoming weekend, so um, between the in, the the injuries, the play on the field, the the inconsistencies, and and obviously some of the teams you've lost to in-state teams. Um, an ACC series. It's just frustrating. It's been frustrating. It, last night was a frustrating night. Obviously, losing to Florida is never fun. Um, and to lose it in a way that you had a lead for most of that game, and they just kind of found holes over and over again in that eighth inning. Um, yeah, you just you got to get better. But it's a rut right now. I've I talked about coming into this season. This team's really young. This coaching staff still learning this team. I thought they would get off to a bit of a slow start and have some some bumpy weeks, especially with the schedule, and it's not getting any easier with the schedule. Um, but this is just a valley that you're in right now, and at some point it even it evens itself out. Um, I'm not panicking yet. I'm certainly frustrated like everyone else, but it's a 55-game season for a, for a reason, and, and we're only at 21 games in. So um, still a long way to go, but obviously a lot of things to – to work on and get better at moving forward. The injuries are concerning, and it was good to see, you know, as close to a full lineup as we've had in weeks uh, against Florida last night. But, yeah, man, I, I mean, Holbrook, Cam Smith, Diamez Ross, those are three guys that are, you know, all-conference caliber players. And, you know, I, I don't think that any lineup can really withstand not having them. So as they all get healthy, I think, you know, things could get a little bit easier for FSU. But um, certainly they've missed them. But the offense hasn't really been the issue. I mean, the Knolls are still hitting 310, I think, as of today. And I looked at the stats, and that's a 50-point increase just about 
uh, from last season. So the offense has improved dramatically. The talent in the lineup has improved dramatically. And Link Jarrett has done a really good job there. But when you lose six to seven and three in a row, also, Brett, you've been covering this team now for a few years. Whenever the Seminoles lose to Florida, I think emotions and judgments and analysis from the fan base heightens on that for those nine innings because that's kind of a mirror that you judge yourself by, right? What your rivals are doing in Gainesville. And I want to encourage all of you that while it's okay to be upset, losing to the Gators sucks. And I think it's frustrating for the entire Seminole community. You can't judge an entire season on what goes on against the Florida Gators. And it feels like this fan base does it year after year after year. And they make these you know, wholesale opinions on nine innings of baseball against the Florida Gators. And it just, that's why we're here for this podcast is to kind of bring perspective and a level head. And so Brett and I have been trying to do that. And that's why we haven't recorded for a couple of weeks, trying to just make sure our analysis and and our podcast isn't just emotional coming on here and, and spewing things in the heat of the moment. So it does suck though. I think we're all frustrated Losing two out of three to Boston College, Brett, was kind of a kick in the pants, if you know what I mean. Didn't play super well in the final two games. The weather on that Saturday game was abysmal. I think Boston College felt kind of more at home than FSU did in those conditions. And then the way you played against UCF, and that's what's worrying me the most right now, is that some of these games are uncompetitive. And and I think the Knowles need to, to find a little bit of more energy in that dugout there needs to be some leaders that step up. And, and, and I think the talent's there. I think the leadership quality is there in some of those guys. You can't just look to Link Jarrett and his staff to fix this. There has to be some talk within the guys in that locker room, in that clubhouse. Uh, because 12-9, and nine, you know, it's, it's a tough record, but you have so much time to fix things. And so I think you have a big opportunity coming up. And that's at Virginia – You know, you get Florida again in Jacksonville next Tuesday. Then you get to go to Miami. Those should be seven extremely high-intensity, high-energy games for your clubhouse. And and that's an opportunity for this team, too. But um, we'll talk about that stretch, I think, because it is amongst the hardest in the country. But uh, just for the sake of organization of this pod, Brett, the pitching right now is still leaving a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, pitching and defense, it's – what wins you games and what's what loses you games as well. Um, and really, you know, the offense hasn't had a great week either, but there's been a lot of moving pieces to that and guys going in, guys going out, trying to get guys in the right spot and, and just changing around the lineup a lot until this, you know, this this nine that you think that you're going to have on a daily basis now that everyone's healthy. Um, so I think, you know, obviously I think the offense will be fine, like we've talked about a lot. And the defense, to me, is the main concern. Um, but pitching staff-wise, like I said, it's just going to be a tough week for your pitching staff when you don't have your best arm and you're already thin. Um, and he's a guy that has eaten up five, six, seven innings for you on a weekly basis. Um, I don't I don't think it's too serious for Wyatt or anything like that. I, I do think it sounds like he'll be able to go this upcoming weekend, at least from the latest that Link has told us, I believe he's thrown a bullpen today, and he's going to rev it up a good bit on Wednesday um, as we're doing this, and then hopefully be ready to go on the weekend. Don't know if that will be Friday on Sat or Saturday after we saw J-Bomb. Um, 
you know, it's kind of weird. I, I, I kind of feel better about this pitching staff than I did going into the season, which might sound weird, but you're starting to see more people give you innings than I thought you would going into the year. I mean, coming into the year, the coaching staff has said we had eight guys and we have a couple guys behind that that are trying to, you know, we'll see how they go. And I think some of those guys like Ryan Dennison has, has, has given you more than maybe you'd expect it. Andrew Armstrong has been very good this year and given them strong innings in, 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 in some big moments as well. Um, and there's guys that seem to be trending in the right direction, like David Barrett. Um, Doug Kirkland, I think the stuff is trending in the right direction, need to get in the zone more. Jamie Arnold, I think they found something with him in the pen throwing harder, but the command needs to get better. Um, but like I've said multiple times, like th- this, is, this is a lot of young guys. I mean, even a guy like Doug Kirkland, who's a senior by technical, or I guess he's a redshirt junior, but this is Doug's really his first full year of pitching. And like, there's a guy like that. And then you have a Dennison and Arnold and a, and a Ben Barrett who are all freshmen trying to figure this out. You have a Joe Charles who's coming back from Tommy John now and, and is available for you now that has really never pitched in college before because of injuries. Um, but then you have your, your Connor Whitakers who needs to be a little sharper. And I think some of that is, you know, a little bit of fatigue from how much he's had to been used, but it did seem like his stuff had ticked back up on on Tuesday against Florida, and they just were able to hit some changeups that were left up against him. I think the two guys that you just you need to get better innings out of are Montgomery and Oxford. Those are probably the two that haven't performed at the level you thought they would perform at so far this year. Um, so you just you need better. I don't know where you go with Monty. I don't know if you move him out of the rotation and put him in the pen, but. To me, it's not a stuff issue thing. It's just it's the command. It's it's where the pitches are at, and it's how big the misses are. Um, and I don't know if that changes when you move him to the bullpen, but I guess the potential of a mentality change is, is something that you could give a look. Um, obviously, we've seen him down there in short stints, and it's, it's been quality, but like I said, it's been short stints. Um, and you don't know right now where his mental is at, I think. And with Ox, you just – Ox was the one portal arm they brought in here, and they just need him to be better. He, he's given up 14 hits in 9.1 innings. Um, I mean, he just they just got to get more quality innings out of Ox. I don't know if that's putting him in better matchups, lefty-lefty, or, or, or what it is, but um, he's just they've got to get those, guys, those two guys to throw better for them and, and to help that pitching staff out. Yeah, the worrying thing about Montgomery right now is I look at Ox, and it's – three in each of his last two outings and another two against FGCU and and three against JMU. Really, TCU was the one start on the road, you know, five innings, and then he kind of gave you a chance there as he got you, uh, you know, a pretty good start deep into the game with one walk and five strikeouts. I I just don't know, like like you said, where you go with Montgomery. I mean, the, the talent is there. It's premier. The fastball's good. The slider's really good. And it the athleticism is really good. It just hasn't clicked. And at some point, you know, Link Jarrett is not Mike Martin Jr. You know, the promises that a, a previous coaching staff made a, a kid, I don't think apply anymore uh, to a new staff. And at some point, I just wonder, and I, I'm not saying that it's it's yet. It might be, though. You might have to move him to the pen and say, hey, man, for Florida State in 2023, you're going to be a bullpen arm. Whatever the Major League Baseball decides to do with you once they draft you, that's up to them. 
if you go to a different school, that's up to them to, to figure out, you know, you got to have this team playing well. And right now on Sundays, you know, Link came into Tallahassee saying we have to be better on Sundays. That's something I want to improve. Has FSU lost each of its last three Sundays? I believe that that's correct. Well, no, they won maybe Sunday f- against FGCU to salvage that. Okay, so they've lost three of their last four Sundays. Yes. And so, sorry, lost three of their last four Sundays. So, I mean, you're losing most of Montgomery starts right now. And that's that's a problem that you need to remedy. I think Baumeister has shown you more potential there on you know Friday nights. And if Wyatt gets healthy, maybe you move him to Friday and, and you move J-Bomb to Saturday. And then you, you figure it out for Sunday. But we're continuously waiting on Carson to, to get right. And, and it's been three years now where we're waiting to kind of see it click. And at some point, Florida State's got to move on and kind of say, hey, we're going to give someone else a shot. I don't know. I've tried, we've, they've tried everything. They've tried moving him in the midweek before. They've tried moving him to the bullpen. It's not working for some reason. And, and I, I don't want to speculate on the reasons why that might be. Uh, Brett, you're more tied in to, to what's going on there. But, I mean, you got to find something out because if you don't, you're going to miss the postseason this year. Like, that's that's a possibility. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Brett, in that it's really early after 21 games to – or 22 games to say that, but it's not entirely out of the realm of possibility that that postseason streak snaps this year. I look at the schedule. Do you want me to, to read out what's coming? Because it's painful. You've got number eight Virginia this weekend. You've got Florida two more times. At Miami for three, they're ranked 17th. You go to NC State, a place you haven't played well in historically. You get a Virginia Tech team that comes to Tallahassee. You go to Notre Dame for three. You have Wake, who's number two in the country, for three. Mercer's a lot better than people think as a mid-major this year. Again, you get them for three, and then you go to Louisville for three. And I'm mixing in a couple of midweeks that I didn't mention, but... Things got to get better fast. I mean, it's got to be in the next weekend or two for this baseball team. And that's what Link Jarrett and the coaching staff are paid to do, right, is come up with solutions the best the way they can. Yeah. And when I say I feel better about this pitching staff than I did coming into the year, it's not that I feel, like, great or good about the pitching staff. It's like they've they've gotten a couple guys that they didn't fully expect to get a ton of innings from that that – have given them more innings. And now they need to get some of the guys that they expected more from, like a Baumeister, like a Montgomery, like an Oxford. You need those guys to step up and simply fill the roles that you needed them to, to fill. Like we talked about at the beginning of this year, you needed your top-line arms to be top-line arms. And outside of Wyatt so far, they just they just haven't been. But they, you know, this is all a learning curve for this coaching staff. And you know, I know people say, why didn't they go out and get more arms? And I think, you know, they tried to get a couple more. And I just think they, they Oxford was the one they got. And they got in late. It was obviously after they went to Omaha as a staff, it's a late process. Um, and you, you're they're learning all these kids right now. Like, we've seen these kids more than they have. We've seen Carson Montgomery for three years. We've seen Wyatt Crowell for three years. We've seen... Jackson Ballmeister for a full extra year. Um, like I've seen Doug Kirkland close games out three years ago in summer ball in Orlando that 
they've never seen him try to close a game out. Like, it's just you need to still – we're still learning where these kids should go and where they should be in to be the most successful spots. And it's what Meat struggled to find out for three years with his pitching roles. And that was always something that kind of handcuffed FSU at the end of years. So I think right now is the time where if everyone can get healthy, you really just need to start hammering out roles because – we're 21 games in, and we've seen now what people can do and what they can't. Like, I think if Wyatt is healthy, I would go Wyatt on Friday, Baumeister Saturday, and Barrett on Sunday because I think Barrett showed you against Florida that he has two quality off-speed pitches. The changeup is good. The slider is is good enough. And the changeup, I think, probably should be used more and more as we go forward. And the, the fastball comes from such a unique angle that it's kind of cutting across the plate. Um, and guys just aren't used to that. Um, and I just think that he's going to give you quality innings and throw strikes and put, you know, the ball in play for the defense to make plays. Um, and then I'd probably go Doug in the back end because I think if Doug's in the back end giving you one or two innings, he's going to be 94, 95, 96 instead of 93, 94. I would throw some more fastballs with him to try to get him in the zone more and then hammer the breaking balls um, in two strike counts. I think. Armstrong has shown you that he can get lefties out at a high rate this year. I think David Barrett can get righties out. I think Dennison can be either your midweek guy or somebody that eats up in innings in the middle of games. I think Arnold is a guy that can get lefties out or eat up innings in the middle of a game or a midweek. Um, so you got to start hammering out these roles and, and figuring out what someone like Joe Charles can give you moving forward. Um, and, you know, just keep kind of using Connor Whitaker as that Swiss Army knife and, um, you know, hope that some that the changeup gets back down in the bottom of the zone, and I think he'll be fine. And I know that 301 average against isn't pretty for Seawit, but I just trust Seawit to go out there and get the job done when he needs to do that. Yeah, so you actually answered one of the questions from Twitter. I was about to ask you of basically how would you manage manage this pitching staff? Do you think it's being managed correctly, or is this just the staff? I guess this says, or is this staff just what it is this year? That comes from Chris Klein on Twitter. And I mean, I think you pretty much answered that. Uh, you hit the nail on the head with it as well. And I don't really think they've mismanaged it up to this point. I think, like I've said, it's just, it's a learning process. And it's not only a learning process for them, but it's a learning process for those pitchers. Like Jamie Arnold is learning how to pitch in college. He's learning how much smaller a college strike zone is. Ben Barrett has been learning how to pitch in college while balancing that with also hitting. And, like, you just – everyone is still fine-tuning, and we're only 21 games. You're not halfway into this season. It's still a work in progress. And for me, the thing is, like, I don't feel like there's many great pitching staffs in the ACC this year. Like, you can get away with not having a great pitching staff if you can hit – and when FSU is healthy, I think they can hit a lot. So I'm not panicking or giving up on this team or the season because of that. Because the, if you can somewhat get the defense to just be consistent and not give up all the unearned runs that it has, you're going to give yourself more of a chance than you've given yourself so far. So I think the two most concerning stats for me are 104 walks and 30 unearned runs. That's just free bases that you can't – it's hard to compete when you're giving up that many free bases. Yeah, seven of them against Boston College in that uh, Sunday game where they lost eight to one, seven unearned runs. And I mean, it. that's that's three errors from Nander who had never played third base before that weekend. That's just you're just in a tough spot there. 
Like it's that's not Nander being horrible. That's just Nander not being having done that before. Like it's just you're just trying to grind it out any way you can, and it didn't work. It hasn't worked out the last seven games, and that's what it, that's just it's baseball. Yeah, I agree with you that it's not. I don't think they've mismanaged pitching. I mean, you can't really mismanage a staff that. I mean, it just isn't that good. And I think that's just honesty. It's, you know, Lincoln, Tristano have said it, that it's thin. And that's coach speak for we don't feel very good about our arms. That's the truth. And so they're going to have to bash their way to wins this season. Um, I'm also not giving up on this year, obviously, because it's baseball and we're on March 22nd. Florida State's team in 2019 in 11's final year that went to Omaha – barely made the tournament. I mean, it, a couple weeks before the season ended, they were out. And it was looking bad, and that season taught me that you really can't predict baseball and that you should let the full 55-game slate play out. Um, not to mention Ole Miss last year, who won the national title, was the very last team in the field and was really bad this time of year. Actually, similar records, maybe worse, for, uh, for Mike Bianco and uh, the Ole Miss Rebs in mid-March and late March. So they found a way. And, Brett, you and I have talked about this on the phone, you know, uh, off the pod. In baseball, if you can hit, and I do think this lineup will hit all year, they've shown that, if two or three of your pitchers get hot in the postseason and they just kind of put it together and they step up, you can make deep runs no matter if you're hosting a regional, no matter uh, if you're on the road. It really doesn't matter at that point. I think – there's a path always to Omaha, and college baseball has shown if you can hit, um, you have a chance. So I'm with you. This is a long season. I think things will even out, and you and I have also kind of been on the same page in that we think this team will be playing better baseball end of April and May than they are right now. We just have to see what that looks like and what's on the table uh, for this group at that point. When you're as young as you are, like you're just you're going to be your best at the end of the season, not – now like you I fully believe that you're gonna continually get better and obviously this last seven games you haven't been getting better as your your on-field play but hopefully when you're not out there on the field that in the background when there's development going on and guys are getting better and by the end of the season that things are clicking at a different rate I did think defense against Florida was much better fully healthy team and that's still not maybe a hundred percent the the pieces to the puzzle that you're going to have in the defensive part on the alignment I did think though that they took a step forward I think was it zero errors against the Gators so. I yeah, believe they, so. they played error-free baseball against Florida so maybe that's a step in the right direction uh, I still do believe that this pitching staff can have a couple of guys step up um, and I do believe by the way I, I want to go back and circle back I believe Carson Montgomery can get it right I, I really do still have a lot of faith in that kid to get things going. And, and if he does, it changes the complexion of your team. I like what we found in Ben Barrett. I think his usage needs to increase, whether that's longer relief stints or starting roles, or if he's that midweek guy that gives you a shot there to clean up some midweek games, that could work. If they move him to a weekend, maybe that could work. Wyatt does need to get healthy. I think J-Bomb will continue to improve. I, I thought he came in against Florida and um, proud of that guy for, for coming in and being available and wanting to pitch, you know, uh, on his bullpen day. And 
Fastball was up to 97, I believe, on the evening. And Jackson continues to show you the tools, I think, of a guy who's going to be pretty special in Tallahassee. But that does need to click at some point here. And um, that's kind of the hope for FSU. And uh, maybe a couple of other arms as well step up and, and can give you something. I still believe that uh, Jamie Arnold will be a reliable arm for you by the end of the year. I like what the guy brings to the table. I think it's an interesting slot from the left-hand side. Um, again, I, I really believe that this team will figure it out at some point. And I know that's, for some people, rolling their eyes listening to this podcast, and that's not the popular opinion right now on the message boards on Knowles 24-7 or the Osceola or on Twitter or in my text messages or my emails. But uh, I very firmly believe in this coaching staff and what they can do and I believe in the guys in that locker room and that dugout. Like, I think they're going to get it right once they get healthy and they can play with a fully 100% roster for a couple of games. They haven't done that this year. McGuire Holbrook came back, remember, Brett? And it was one day. They had him for all of one game before he re hurt himself. And so uh, we'll see what happens when Ross is healthy. And by the way, shout out Cam Smith, three for five against Florida. Good to see him back in there uh, and being productive. Ben Barrett's going to give you at-bats, too. This is lineup's really good. They just need two or three arms to step up, and that has that has been seen in baseball before. You know, we've seen it all around the country, so. Yeah, I think I think with the lineup, you have to decide kind of what you want to do between Rank and, and Barrett, um, and do you want to play Rank in one of the corner outfield spots and Tibbs at first, and then D.H. Holbrook on the days that Colton is catching? Or do you want to do you want to put Tibbs in, in one of those corner outfield spots and, and put um, Rank, I mean Barrett at first and, and get Barrett in the lineup? Um, so you kind of have decisions to make there. What what you feel is going to be the most valuable one, but whichever way you go, I mean you're going to have a lineup daily of your top five is going to be Diamez in center, Jaime in left, and or right and what would Tibbs hitting third with Holbrook behind him, Cam hitting five with his pop, and then you have a Ben Barrett or a Rank hitting six or Carry On hitting six with you know a bottom three of, of Rank and Vincent and what Desetis or or Kamaka something like that. I mean that that's a good lineup and that's a lineup that should be able to compete with these with these other lineups in the ACC and like I said, there's like. To me, it feels like there's Wake Forest. There's their pitching staff, and then there's everyone else. And no one else's pitching staff in the ACC seems to stand out super much. I mean, I think Virginia's is good numbers-wise. I'm interested to see what they look like against Florida State. Um, So we'll see what they look like and how deep they are bullpen-wise and stuff like that. And I think we'll talk about them later going into the series. But, you know, I don't think – I think it's a league that's deep and, and, and good up and down, but I also think it's a league that there's a lot of winnable series if you can just execute and play good defense, which FSU didn't do against BC. And, you, you, I mean, that's why you lose on Sunday. You lose your rubber match. But, I mean, you were in a game on Sunday to in a rubber match when White crawled through zero series. That I mean, zero innings that entire weekend. Like, you, it's just tough. I mean, the last time Wyatt pitched, you were 11-3, and three, and now you're 12-9. and nine. And you just – you need his presence out there. He's just – he's one of the best pitchers in the country. I mean, he's a 0 8 ERA, 132 batting average against, 33 Ks in 20.2 innings. 
I mean, just to get him back and to potentially get him on a Friday or Saturday start, it just it feels like it just changes the mojo of the team. And that's this team just needs to start playing with swagger and some mojo again, like they were early in the year. Like they were playing at TCU with a ton of energy and a ton of like kind of like an underdog mentality of we're on the road, we're here to mess your crap up and we're gonna we're gonna upset you and like we're gonna prove people wrong. And it I don't know if they got comfortable or if they just got you know, frustrated from losing some of these games, but the energy just, it has not been at the same level. The BC weekend, BC had more energy than, than them all weekend, I thought. They just, they need to start playing with more energy and swagger and just be out there and have a presence on the field more, I think, and just make teams not want to play you and just frustrate them. Like, that's how you get back in the win column, I think. And once you get back in the win column, you hope it just goes from there, but... They're all as frustrated as anybody else is outside of the program. Link is as frustrated as anyone is. I mean, I speak with Link after every game, and you he's not someone that will say it in his words how frustrated he is, but you can kind of just tell. Like, this isn't the baseball he wants to play. He wants to play clean baseball, and he desperately wants to win baseball games. Like, this isn't a year that Link's like, we're just rebuilding and we're going to throw it away. No, Link Jarrett wants to win every baseball game that they play. That's part of the reason that Jackson was out there on Tuesday, and it it didn't work out, but that is what it is. And But, I mean, they're out there to play, to manage, to win every game, and I like that. And I think at some point it will come around to help them out. I loved seeing Jackson in there. I thought it was, you know. I, I liked it. I, I did, too. Go get it done, kid, you know, and it, that just shows you, you want to beat Florida pretty badly. And, you know, five to one, you had a shot. Like, you went to the eighth inning with the lead. And so, like, this team I also think has been a, has been close to turning the corner, too. Uh, against Boston College in that Friday game, they had 19 runs. Let's not just marginalize that, right? Ben Barrett had a breakout game at the plate with a couple of home runs. Uh, and it felt like they might turn it around that weekend uh, in game one. And then game two happened, and back and forth battle. And then Sunday, they just kind of gave the game away with with poor fielding. Uh, and I think when things spiral out of control and, and, and when things avalanche, that's what it feels like. You know, it just feels like you can't get over the hump. But once you do, and there's there's a, a win coming for Florida State, and I think a big one. We'll see what that does for the psyche. So, uh, Brett, I think it's a good segue to start talking about where Florida State goes from here. The next couple of weeks are going to be really tough. You get, you know, number eight, Virginia on the road at Charlottesville. The, the Cavaliers are undefeated at home this year, and they're – I think they're like 18 or 19 and two, and, and they play, again, they're playing right now against Georgetown, so their record and their numbers could improve before they play Florida State on Friday. But then you got Florida again, number three in the country next week, and then you go to Miami. And so you've got a full week. Fun. Yeah, I mean, you go, you go from one of the best programs in the it. ACC on the road to highly emotional rivalry week against both of your rivals. Although we saw a couple of years ago, that kind of propelled FSU, if you remember. A midweek win against Florida and a, a sweep at Miami. Was that Matt Nelson's team? Yes. It propelled yes. them. I mean, they got hot for a while there, and that's what these weeks can provide, I think, these stretches. Okay. Yeah, they're daunting, but also, like, you have a chance. You have an you gotta, opportunity to switch the, the flip, flip the switch, so to speak. Yeah, because when you go and play those teams, I think your intensity just flips. And when you're on the road, your your focus probably is – just it's just intensified more I think we saw that a couple I don't know if it was last year or a couple of years ago maybe it was that same team when they went to Virginia Tech and they 
had that horrible crowd at VT that was nasty to them, and it just seemed to propel them to focus more and to to win that series, to win that Sunday. I mean, sometimes getting away from home is the best thing that can happen to you, and, and maybe that's just what this team needs right now, just go on the road, a little bit of a kick in the butt, and up up the intensity, up the energy, and play like underdogs again. There's can tell you there's a whole lot of people that don't believe in this team anymore and have given up on this team already, so... And I'm sure they've seen it. I know they see some of that stuff. And I don't know. They'll probably, hopefully it fires them up a little bit and they play a little better. But that Virginia team, I mean, all these teams coming up that they play are our top 15 teams in the country. Yeah, I mean, Florida to me is, Florida to me is the best team in the country. I, I know there's LSU, team, no but doubt. once no they're doubt. healthy with Langford in that lineup, plus their three weekend guys, it's, it's, com- it's a complete team, man. And they've got experience. They've got physicality in the lineup. They've got arms that three guys on the weekend that throw 95-plus. Good back end of the bullpen arms. Leadership. They got speed. It's a good Florida team, man. O'Sullivan's got that thing cooking over there in Gainesville, and he has for a while. Like, give him his credit. Uh, but, I, again, I hope that this fires them up, too. I hope that this is kind of what ignites FSU is – they play at Virginia and Miami. I think you're going to have crowds of over 5,000 probably for both of those weekend series. And what is it in Jack's? Eight to 9,000 usually. Yeah. So, And I thought they had good intensity last night, and I actually felt like they played fine. Like I felt – No, they did play fine. Florida made plays in the eighth inning, and it was also an unlucky inning with two choppers that turned into infield singles. Yeah. And was it Rivera who hit the ball through the left side? Yeah, that, that was kind like of the dagger. Dribbled and it was, through there. Yeah, it was the exit velocity. Couldn't have been uh, more than 70. No. It was It was just – it was an inning from hell, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. It was awful. And, and that's just how it feels recently when you've been playing the Florida Gators. It's like everything that can go wrong finds a way in one inning to kind of get you. And that's been the theme. And, again, that's why I said what I said earlier, Brett. I think this fan base – emphasizes the game against the Gators so much that sometimes they draw conclusions on a whole season, on a whole program, on a whole coaching staff based on nine innings of baseball. And emotion just needs to kind of wear off, but I I get it. It's I can understand everyone's frustrations and this belief in them right now too. Just from from being at all these games and from being in Orlando, I mean, the Orlando games were not fun. They were both just unenjoyable. Um, being at Pop Stroke with my mom was much better than being at those two baseball games. It was th- Those two baseball games were just rough in Orlando. And they were, they were just, I mean, and then to go into BC and then not have Wyatt on Saturday and then Sunday, I mean, the umpire literally gives BC three runs in the fifth and then, you make a bunch of errors on top of that. It's just – and then Florida, you, their eighth inning with everything. I mean, two choppers that go in no man's land, like you said. I mean, it was just – Unreal, right? It's and that's been what, a nightmare. That's what a valley, it's, just, it's been a nightmare yeah. the last – You use the word week. valley. It feels like a valley. Yeah. It's, You're in a valley. And that's what this is, man. Like, from doing – this is year five for me now. And I don't know what year this is for you, but, like – 29. This is what college baseball is. <laughs> like, it's 18 to 21-year-old kids in a 55-game season. Heck, everyone else last week is on spring break doing whatever they want, and you're playing baseball a week. I, maybe you're not 100% focused. It is what it is. They're 18 to 21-year-old kids. Like, it's just 
the only thing that matters is if you're on a peak at the end of the season. That's really all that matters. Like you're in a valley right now, but it's it's going to have no absolutely no impact on game 55 and and on at at the end of the season. Like it's just you just have to learn from this and you just have to your guys that need to be better need to be better. Montgomery, Baumeister, Oxford, those you just and your defense just simply needs to be better. Like it's just sorry. I know we were going into Virginia. That's just it's just been a it's been a nightmare week. It's just been frustrating. I think six out of seven when you lose, it, it brings out brings out the worst, I think, in everybody. And I, I just imagine this team needs a win more than anything. And what better opportunity than to play the Virginia Cavaliers? You go to Davenport Fields, there will be 5,000-plus for each of those three games. They'll sell out probably a couple of them. And Brian O'Connor has the Cavaliers rolling right now. Eighth in the country, 18-2. and two. They're playing Georgetown as we record this podcast, so maybe a positive that Virginia has to have a five-game week and they had to use more arms in the midweek. That could end up being an advantage for Florida State. We'll see. They're unbeaten at home so far, uh, and they have series wins at UNC and at NC State, two top 25 teams to start ACC play. So they have proven themselves in the early part. And they're going to be really good, Brett. They've got a lineup that hits 336 as a team, a pitching staff with a team ERA of 269. Everywhere you look, Virginia passes the eye test on the numbers. So, yeah, you're the underdog. You're going to go there. I think a lot of people might even project Florida State to get swept this weekend. What better opportunity, though, than these three games to prove people wrong and to turn your season around? Yeah, um, for sure. And obviously it's a, it's a really good Virginia team, like you mentioned. I think biggest name for them is Kyle Teal, um, hitting 455. Will probably be a top three roundish pick, maybe even better. Um, four home runs, six doubles so far this year, 688 slug, has driven in 22 runs. Jake Geloff, another guy that will probably go in the top three rounds, second roundish probably. He's hitting 346 with eight, eight doubles, two triples, and, and six home runs. He's driven in a team high 30 runs. Um, they've stolen 26 bases, six bags for both Griffo Farrell and uh, Ethan O'Donnell. Ethan Anderson is hitting 398 with 10 doubles and a 590 slug. Um, so just up and down the board. I think they have six guys, I want to say, hitting 333 plus out of their qualified hitters. Um, so it's a, it's a deep lineup. Um, so intrigued to see how FSU attacks them this weekend. They, they're really good. Uh, that lineup is fantastic it's older a lot of guys came back um and they'll be ready to play it's a it's a throwback virginia team i think and a team that's going to push to make it to omaha this year so florida state's got their work cut out for them but again this is an opportunity on the mound or you know o'connor has recently switched pitching coaches the guy that fsu's fans used to make fun of for having everybody squat before every pitch i believe he's moved on um yeah, that animals had themselves a ball with with that, and Danny Holtson and those guys who used to pitch at Virginia, um, they all used to get into a squat. For those of you uh, listening that, that don't know the story, they they teach them to use their lower half and to get into a lower center of gravity, and so their pitchers would literally squat in their windup before every pitch, and so the animals would have a fun time with someone yelling and timing it, you know, ready, ready and the entire section yells squat 
as the pitcher squats. And sometimes it would get in their head. Like you could see it and it was pretty funny. Uh, but anyway, that pitching coach for, to wrap up a long story is now gone and they are fantastic on the mound. And, uh, Nick Parker will go Fridays and has for most of the year. He's a transfer from coastal Carolina ERA of just North of four. Statistically seems like Florida state's best chance on Friday. If they can get, you know, Jackson Ballmeister, Wyatt Crowell matched up and, and feeling pretty good. Uh, they have another guy Saturdays that they went back into the transfer portal in Brian Edgington and he'll go Saturday, righty fastball, 89, 91, uh, has a really good changeup. That's his calling card. And then Jack O'Connor, a six, five freshman has been going Sundays for them. And, uh, Edgington and O'Connor's numbers are very impressive. Uh, but it looks like Brett, that, that Virginia went into the portal and got a fifth year guy and a sixth year guy from a mid-major conference, a couple of mid-major conferences, and it has made all the difference in the world. So they've got a lot of experience starting on the weekends and in the bullpen. Yeah, and they don't don't walk many guys, don't give many free bases in general. 988 fielding percentages a team, only eight errors. It's only led to seven unearned runs in the year, and they only have 58 walks. So, I mean, that right there is kind of the difference between them and FSU so far. I think FSU has, what, 50 more walks and – I don't know, 23 more unearned runs this year. So, you know, you hope that you can balance that out this weekend and try to even even them out there and just hope to you get Wyatt back and hope you get your top-line arms to pitch like top-line arms to give you a chance this weekend. And, um, yeah, biggest thing, like always, is just play good defense, run the bases well, throw strikes, um, things you haven't been doing recently that you just – need to do and need to figure out. Um, so big weekend, obviously, to try to get this thing turned around. Um, but like you said, a big opportunity. It's to go and face a top 10 team and try to change the narrative on your on your season so far. Um, it's a it's a good opportunity. I think it will be a, it will be a tough test. Obviously, uh, Virginia is not going to give you anything easy, I don't think. Yeah, they're considered the favorites, no doubt, this weekend. And Florida State has its work cut out for it, like we said. And uh, I got curious, Brett, so I pulled up the stats for Virginia and Georgetown. They're in the bottom of the fourth, and UVA's leading 3-1 to one with the bases loaded. So they look like they're well on their way to win number 19 on the year. And Kyle Teal and Jake Geloff have both homered in the game. Five-game so, week for them, so interesting yeah. to see what their arm – situation will be like and that's part of what's been an issue for FC the last week too kind of you know BC didn't even have a midweek game when you had a five game week you had two midweek games at UCF and then I mean Florida didn't play Saturday and Sunday and then you played both Saturday and Sunday and had to play them on Tuesday um so it's nice that someone else has a five game week when you're coming off a Wednesday off day this week no doubt so 6 o'clock Friday, 1 o'clock both Saturday and Sunday, Davenport Field in Charlottesville, Virginia, Florida State. Hoping for a series win. I think it's a big opportunity again for them. We've been using that word throughout the pod. It's, a, it's an opportunity to get things right, and it seems like Florida State will be full strength for a weekend for the first time really all season. And so we'll see what Knock that looks like. Wood. Knock on wood, yeah. Gosh. So, all it's right, on Brett. you now if they're not. Yeah, it is on me. Just and adding to it, huh? Are there any more questions we wanted to answer? Is it just long enough at this point? I think so. Answered enough questions. questions? I think some of the questions I'm looking at on Twitter are a bit premature. 
Just so, need to have some positive vibes. Yeah. Positive vibes, everyone. It's it's only March. You can only go up from here. Can only you go up you from a so. one and six last seven. You would hope so. Well, again, we've seen it in the past. Baseball is a funny sport, and uh, can't really predict it. Brett and I can't predict it. I don't think Link Jarrett can predict it. I don't think the guys in that clubhouse can predict it, and the fans can't predict it. So just got to keep going. Yeah, it's a grind. You're 22 games into the year. It's fine. Let's see what happens. 21 games. 12 plus nine is that a boy? Yeah, math. We're math experts here. <laughs> yeah full hour to hear me uh mess up with basic math anyway we will be back next week we apologize for the long delay uh busy schedules and uh now we're finally coming we're ripping them off from here on yeah clearer picture (laughs) ripping them off just like a band-aid i think we'll try to watch some games together this weekend potentially yeah we will no doubt about it so good stuff from you man uh, make sure you check out Brett's work, Knowles247.com. Uh, my guys over at theosceola.com been working hard too. And we will talk to you guys hopefully next week. And fingers crossed that the Knowles have won two out of three. Heck, go for a sweep. Why not, boys? Let's see what happens against the Virginia Cavaliers. But this has been Sunday Golds, and we will talk to you soon.